You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. AEW. What a show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wrestling Takeover, the number one podcast when it comes to creativity and honesty. I'm your host, Jordan Turner, man. We got AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. There was some blood and guts tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I loved that the final hour was dedicated to blood and guts. I have the official results, and I'm going to give you guys my in-depth views and opinions on tonight's broadcast that happened with AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts on TBS. Thank you guys for joining me again right here on the Wrestling Takeover. I know I've been missing. Um, I've been kind of handling some things, kind of getting myself together. And I wanted to come up here and do a podcast. We got AEW. This was a big show tonight. It felt big. You know, I believe Blood and Guts, this was one of the best TV matches uh, for AEW in quite some time in that main event slot. And I also love that Tony Khan, he dedicated a whole hour to this match. You build up a match like this, and you build it up as it being important, and you dedicate it to being an hour you give these men all the time, you know, all the time of day to go out there and bust their ass. That is exactly what each and every one of these men did. So shout out to the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club. You guys killed it tonight. Great main event of AEW. Everything else it was all right. You know, it wasn't anything special. But again, I will go in depth giving you guys my honest Thoughts and opinions on tonight's broadcast of AEW Dynamite. The podcast, man. People were asking, you know, what's going on? Why haven't you been consistent? This and that. Um, again, going through some stuff. But right now, the road of pro wrestling really isn't just gating my attention right now. But I want to really try to be consistent as I can. I'm always trying to come up with new engaging ideas. To bring a new format to the podcast. If I want to do a Monday Night Raw review. If I want to do a Smackdown review. Talked about doing NXTs. But when it boils down to it. I'm just not really feeling it. But I don't want to really talk that much into it man. Let's get right into AEW. Because this is what it's all about. AEW. Reviewing the results. Man so. <laughs> it was a good show overall. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. And what we kicked off was. Orange Cassidy. Right, it was Orange Cassidy got a new theme song. Love the new theme. It was pretty cool. So he went one on one with Ethan Page. He ultimately defeated Ethan Page as he got the win. Orange Cassidy, I've had people always ask me, Why are you not a fan of Orange Cassidy? This and that. Woo woo woo. And it's not that I'm not a fan of Orange Cassidy. I'm a fan of his in ring ability. 
I'm just not into the gimmick. And that's how I feel. I'm just not really into it. And I don't really have a reason. I just don't. I don't hate the guy. He's a great pro wrestler. I know when a good pro wrestler, when I see one, he is one of those people. But when it comes to a gimmick and character, he has a character. And that's great. We need more characters in the world of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is really lacking that character development. I'm just not a fan of the gimmick. That's pretty much where it is. I'm just not a fan of it. And that's pretty much how I feel about it. So we're going to take the match after commercial break. We've seen Orange took a high kick after uh, twisting a brain buster for a two count. Page went for Eagle's Edge, but Orange Cassidy countered it by reaching into his pockets. He reversed a second attempt into a Hurricane Rana and climbed to the top rope. But Lambert distracted Orange, allowing Page to turn it into a power slam. He went for a pin, but Orange was able to kick out it too. After that, Page flipped off a kid in the crowd, but Orange Cassidy countered into a brain buster attempt into a stunner, which was a nice spot. Uh, before nailing a spinning DDT for a two count. After that, Orange Cassidy called for the orange punch, Superman punch. But Lambert hopped on the apron and tried to distract Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy gave him uh, a punch. He came in a fish strike there, landed, connected it to him. He took out Lambert, again, with an orange juice. And then spit in his face, which was a pretty cool touch there. Before hitting two orange punches and a body slam which he had fought off earlier in the bout, and he ultimately got the win against Ethan Page. Solid opener. <laughs> Solid opener. Nothing really too special. Nothing really too fancy. Great theme song for Orange Cassidy. Again, he has this detractors. He has this people that are fans of him. I'm a fan of him. I'm just not a fan of the gimmick. So that's pretty much how I feel about that. Next up, we got Christian, one of the best things outside of the main event. He cut a promo. Tony Schiavone introduced him and brought him out. Christian was asked what he had to say, but was drained out by a tremendous amount of booze. They were not fucking with Christian whatsoever. By the way, Christian cut one of the best promos of his entire wrestling career last week. And he continued that during this promo. This promo was hot. It was hot. So, crowd was draining by booze. He was asked by management to come out and apologize for his comments last week, specifically about Jungle Boy's father. Christian said, Jungle Boy, I'm sorry. Your entire family isn't dead. Woo! Bars. Christian on another level. Christian was in his bag tonight. No question. So, after he commented that, being disrespectful, he corrected himself to say that everyone except Jungle Boy's mother. Man, that was crazy to listen to. I know people don't know the difference between um, a heel, you know what I mean? And this is just Christian being a heel, people. Christian doesn't mean this. Christian, I know, is one of the most nicest people in the wrestling industry, in the wrestling business. This is Christian getting in his bag. This is Christian having a character. He's getting personal. And I love it. No shame in that. Christian said the only good thing about Detroit is that it's close to Canada. He may have requested a match this week, but it's not for him. 
Luchasaurus then came out with new music, new gear, and a new gimmick. Luchasaurus, he's signing with Christian. This was an awesome move by Tony Khan. Awesome move. And let me tell you something. Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a rivalry? I'm down for that. That is something I can really sink my teeth into. I love that. So Luchasaurus with Christian, uh, he defeated, pronounce his name correctly. Let me pronounce it. Serpar Toko. I, I know I botched his name. I apologize. You guys know who I'm talking about. You've seen who he was. So he ran right into a headbutt and a German suplex. Luchasaurus planted him with the face buster and then locked on a nerve hold, a stair trap for the win under a minute. He just made this guy's bitch. That's pretty much it. But Luchasaurus, man, I feel like Luchasaurus really has been miscast. I feel like the Jurassic Express as a team has gone as far as they can. They love Jungle Boy. We know that. Look at the way he's been presented. Look at the way he has been pushed. Tony Khan loves Jungle Boy. But Luchasaurus, man, he's laying out in the dust. He's like a T-Rex, man, just sitting there, not doing nothing. And thank God that's changing because I felt like Tony Khan was trying to find something for Luchasaurus and he couldn't find anything from a creative standpoint. And so he really wasn't being used. And now Christian's a heel managing Luchasaurus. This is great. I'm excited for it. The potential for Luchasaurus as a heel can be very fun to see. And especially the rivalry between he and Jungle Boy is going to be one of my favorite things to look forward to in the summer for AEW. After the match, Christian told Luchasaurus to continue the attack, and he obliged with the choke slam to the ground. Brutal spot by Luchasaurus, man. I'm having high hopes for this heel turn. Crowd was not liking this at all, man. They were booing him. They didn't like it. That's their job. They're supposed to not like it. Luchasaurus and Christian, it's going to be a good duo. Good duo. Can't wait to see what happens. Next up, we had Scorpio Sky and Warlow. They were backstage for a face-to-face. Sky said that he was the champion for a reason. Talking about the TNT champion. Uh, Wardlow said he didn't care about the top America top team. He'd beat everyone's ass. He'd take them home and take that title uh, home with him. Sky challenged him for a match next week in a street fight. Let me get this straight. You guys don't really have a lot of interaction like that to warrant a street fight. I'm not understanding why this was a street fight. It should have been a one-on-one match. If this was a blood feud that could eventually built towards a street fight. I don't really understand why this is a street fight. I really don't. But it is what it is. Scorpio Sky, Wardlow, they're going 1v1 next week in a street fight. Should be pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, Wardlow. Before I move on, Wardlow really feels lost. I feel like his momentum is there, but it's not really at the same time, if you guys follow me. He still gets the reaction. People love Wardlow, but I feel like the creative, it's the same thing I bitch and complain to WWE about. I'm going to do the same thing here. I'm always honest with each and every one of you guys. No question. No matter what company it is. If the creative is dog shit, I'm going to speak up about it. 
That's it. That's how I feel with Wardlow. You know, after this MJF thing, he's really been cooled off, really doesn't have any direction right now. He should be challenging for the TNT title. That should be Wardlow's next destination. We'll see what happens. Next up, Max Caster. He called out Danhausen and Juggalo, and they mocked Flynn. And this was ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Max Caster, man, and the Ass Boys—they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Max Caster, man, you don't know what the fuck is gonna come out of his mouth. Have no clue. You know what I mean? I think he's unfiltered. I love it. Tony Khan obviously approves what he says, but, you know, he says some crazy shit here and there, but it's great. He's himself. Tony Khan is letting these men and women be themselves here. I love it. And Max Caster, man, every time he has a microphone, it feels like every single fan is on the edge of their seat trying to figure out what is this guy going to say. I love that. So we have FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler, and Danhausen. As they defeated Max Caster in the Gun Club, Austin Gunn, and Colton Gunn with Billy Gunn and Anthony Bowens. So, we've seen Austin and Cash, they started off the match. And Dawson entered the match out of nowhere when later tagged in. The Gun Club and Caster isolated him into the corner. We get to commercial, we come back, and then Dawson eventually escapes to reach Dax. FTR hit stereo rolling Germans to Gunn, and Austin hit... Pretty much a neck breaker. It looked a little weird, but I would consider it a neck breaker. He hit a neck breaker, forcing Dax to tag in Danhausen. Uh, the Demon Riff is what they call him, Danhausen. He landed a punk kick on Austin and went for the go to sleep. Billy distracted the official, and Bowens ran in with the crutch, revealing his healed injury was fake all along. Not fake, but it was a part of a storyline. He was healed a while ago. They just played this into the character, into the storyline. That I could commend AEW for that. So, Danhausen avoided the crutch strike, which struck Austin. Danhausen covered for the 1-2-3 after the match. Uh, Austin shoved Bowens, but Billy defended the acclaim and shoved his son back. It's pretty interesting. Are we seeing the demise of the gun club? Pretty interesting. Now, are we going to see... Um, Austin Gunn, is he going to get a push? I don't know, but I'm pretty intrigued after that shoved. We'll see what happens. Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Samurai Singh, they cut a video promo. Dutch and Lethal demanded Samoa Joe to sign the contract to defend the title at Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. And Sanjay said, Jay's going to kill you. Taking the quote that people say, Joe's gonna kill you. See, now Jay's gonna kill you. I love it. Play on words there. I want to see what happens with Ring of Honor. Who's gonna run Ring of Honor? Who's gonna be in charge of it outside of Tony Khan? Tony Khan cannot do everything. He needs to have people that he can trust to book Ring of Honor. Right? Book the women's division. Book the tag team division. Book the mid-card and main event scenes. He's got to have the right people put in place. I did hear a rumor today on social media that Maria Kanellis is rumored to be running or co-running 
the women's division. I really love that decision. I hope Tony Khan really goes through that. So Samoa Joe, I miss Joe, man. Love Samoa Joe. I want him to get a little bit more opportunity, and that is why Ring of Honor is in play. I love it. Ring of Honor is kind of like a feeder system, sort of. You know, if you're not on AEW, you're going to be on Ring of Honor. Now, I don't know when Ring of Honor is going to get a TV deal. We know a TV deal is really imminent, I believe, with Ring of Honor. That's just pure speculation on my behalf. We'll see what happens. But Samoa Joe, man, I want more for Joe. I really do. We all want more for Joe. We all want more for Jay Lethal as well. These men and women that aren't really being pushed right now on TV in terms of a big spot on Dynamite in AEW, they're getting that big spot in Ring of Honor. I love it, man. That is great booking by Tony Khan. The people that you really aren't using on AEW, just use them in Ring of Honor. Put them in a big spot. Put them in a big platform, especially with the Ring of Honor alum like Jay Lethal, like Joe, like um, Claudio, right? They're going to be a big part in Ring of Honor. I'm a big fan of that, man. I really do. It's great. Next up, we got the TBS Championship. This was the champion, Jade, was solely Hathaway. Love him, man. He's great. He's fitting this part perfect with Jade Cargill. It's a great thing to see. And Keir Hogan, as they defeated Leah Gray. Shout out to Leah Gray. You're great. And Jade Cargill beats Leah Gray. Not surprised by this at all. Not surprised. So we see Jay manhandle Gray right from the bell, hitting a fallaway slam, which looked great after a kick up. Gray fired back with some rising knee, which looked good. Uh, but Jay leveled her with a punk kick. Those pump kicks are kind of hit and miss to me. She hits them, and then she doesn't. So it's where she hit her. You know, she hit the move here, which was great. But it's kind of pick and pop. She does it, and it looks great. And then she does it, and it looks weird. But either way, that's just a small criticism there. I love Jade Cargo. Uh, she loved her with a pump kick, like I said, before hitting Jaded for the win in just a couple of minutes. This match really didn't last long. After the match, I'm going to get to my complaint in a little bit. But after the match, Halfway was about to speak, but Jade grabbed the mic and said she was tired of everyone in the back bitching and moaning. She demanded that Halfway give her some real, real competition. Halfway said that only someone who didn't even work for AEW had the will will to step up. He called uh, Athena, quote, lazy. Athena and Chris Adelina ran out and attacked Jade and Hogan, but then Grace surprised them by stopping Athena from hitting the O-Face. Jade and company stood tall. Let me comment on the women's division. All right, let me comment on the women's division. The TNT or TBS championship. Who's going to beat Jade Cargill? You gotta start thinking that Tony Khan. You gotta have that in your mind. Who is going to eventually beat Jade Cargill? The two women that came out can justifiably beat Jade Cargill. I'm gonna 
fantasy book, man. I do it better than anybody in the community. Why not we get like a mini rivalry, mini storyline here with Athena and Chris Statlander. They go toe-to-toe, man. They finally get that number one contenders match. Winner faces Jade Cargill. Pick and pop. Athena wins or Chris Statlander wins. I think whoever wins should be the one to defeat Jade Cargill. You've got to find somebody to beat her. You know, you have people, but I'm not sure what management's thinking. Not sure what Tony Khan is thinking in regards to Jade Cargill. I feel at the end of the day, it should be Chris Statlander and or Athena. Let me know what you guys think. Jade Cargill needs more competition. It's going to be pretty interesting. Who is she going to face first? Athena or Chris Statlander? We'll see what happens. So, next up, we got the Young Bucks. They were backstage. They said, Hiroki Goto and Yoshi Hashi won a shot at their AEW World Tag Team Championships, but they'll have to beat them in an elimination match first. Oh, so you doing WWE shit. AEW doing WWE bullshit. You know, WWE does the contender matches. The AEW look like they follow in suit on bullshit. I don't like this. Why are you doing an elimination match? The challengers beat the champions. Oh, they gain an opportunity at the tag team titles. What type of booking and creative is that? What should happen is, you know, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi should win matches. Rinse and repeat. Beat this team. Beat this team. Beat this team. You have momentum. Now, you are qualified to go one-on-one against the Young Bucks. It's ridiculous, man. The same complaints I give WWE, I'm now giving to AEW. Cut the shit while you're still ahead. Please do not do the contender matches. You have more tag teams than any promotion in the world. More than WWE. Don't do the contender bullshit. I don't like that. The match sounds fine. And they're actually going to go up against uh, Chaos on Rampage this week. We'll see what happens. But I like it that it is on Rampage. I do like that. But the contender stuff, I don't like. So the lineup for Rampage looking like Young Bucks versus Chaos, Tony Storm versus Nyla Rose, and the Royal Rampage 20-man battle royal for the interim match for the AEW World Championship match. Huh. That's interesting. So, what are you going to do in interim? Is John Moxley hurt? John Moxley's rumored to have concussions. Now, I don't think that's going to affect John Moxley. We don't know. But is this a number one contenders match? Probably. We'll see what happens. So, Jim Ross joined commentary as they lower the cage. William Regal joined commentary as well. And. We got the main event. We got the main event. This main event was fucking crazy. Crazy. And yes, this is not going to be a long podcast because, I mean, not a lot of things happened, really. Not a lot of things happened on tonight's show. I'll talk about the main event, give you guys my opinion. Kind of fantasy book what's going to happen next and kind of end it from there. But before I do and I talk about the main event, thank you guys again for joining me right here 
on the wrestling take over the number one podcast when it comes to creativity and honesty consistency will be coming soon again just getting my stuff back together and we're gonna keep it rolling we got money in the bank this saturday i got some interviews potentially lined up um i'll let you guys know the details on twitter at jt takeover i'll let you guys know over there and on instagram at the wrestling takeover you want to join the family on ig tap in at the wrestling takeover thank you guys for the continued love and support on discuss pw thank you guys for reading all of my articles more articles to come so stay tuned to that let's get right into the main event ladies and gentlemen so we've seen jericho appreciation society they came out they look like they were fucking in sync <laughs> they look like they were on some in sync vibes like bro come on man they look crazy they really like they were in like in a 2000 band the 2000s man for rock was crazy um so they came out kingston he had a kendo stick santana had a barbed wire baseball bat and ortiz had some sick face paint face paint looked pretty cool war games classic rules storage entrance no disqualification and the match can only be won once everyone has entered the match y'all know who the participants were let's get right into what happened here so we're gonna go notes by notes all right so this was a insane war games match definitely one of the best uh main events in AEW history no question so shout out to everybody involved so we started off with sammy Guevara and claudio they started things off the bell rang and the 10 minute passed an hour claudio manhandling Guevara and laid in a running uppercuts he countered and glorio beat down on Guevara until Guevara climbed to try and escape no 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 claudio was like nah dog ain't happening so claudio pursued and pulled him down onto the ropes uh, Sammy Guevara sprung onto the ropes to escape Claudio and return fire with the pop-up cutter. Uh, Guevara celebrated that move, which looked great, by the way. Allowing Claudio to go up for the uh, giant swing. I love when he does this giant swing, man. It looks great. But Garcia was the next entrant and cut off Claudio before going to commercial break. We come back and Willie Utah. Love Willie Utah. Shout out to Willie Utah. This guy has that Brian Danielson babyface type of vibe to him. And it's great. It's a great thing to see. So, Willie Utah, up and coming star. Big pop from the crowd here. They love him. So, Eula eventually the odds and he entered the match. He crushed Garcia with the repeated German suplex before doing the same thing to Guevara. Hager, who was once next in the Jericho Appreciation Society group, he took out Willie Utah with a body slam. The two big men, Claudio and Hager, Took out smaller opponents with throws, then faced off in the ring in a rematch of the 2014. I love how they pointed this out. 2015 or 14, excuse me, Survivor Series of kickoff show. Let me tell you something. We the people. We the people. WWE. Y'all fucked up on that. Jack Swagger and Cesaro, a tag team, they were great. And you fucked it up because creative, it's not that good. 
Y'all should be ashamed of that. But crowd went crazy. They started chanting, we the people. It was a great atmosphere. I loved it. So the two big men went blow for blow. Uh, Claudio got uppercut hand. And after that, he got advantage and followed suit by Garcia to get involved. And the Jericho Parishion Society were taken over here. The Jericho Parishion Society continued to dominate until Moxley came in for his side. He hit an X-plex on Guevara and took out Garcia. Claudio bulldogged Hager onto a chair, which looked nice. And Moxley produced a fork and carved up Garcia's forehead. This is when the crowd were chanting, oh my God, oh my God. Blood was spewing everywhere. It was crazy. This is when the match really started to get bonkers. Is when John Moxley came in, got that fork, and was digging in, you know, uh, Garcia's head, man. It was crazy. So after that spot and the fork spot there, we see Claudio. He beat down Guevara right in front of Conti. Moxley and Yuta hit an art attack on Garcia, who had a guessing gush of blood all over his face. Crazy, man. It's blood and guts. We need all the blood, man. It's blood and guts. We need everything. And we got all the blood. No guts, though. We got a lot of blood. Parker was the next individual from the Jericho Operation Society. But his opponents were not familiar in control. He just ran away until they finally cornered him. Claudio crushed him with a gut-wrench superplex. Finally, the other Jericho Operation Society members recovered and attacked their opponents with weapons. With Hager smashing Claudio's ankle with the chair that looked brutal. Claudio was screaming. Nice selling by Claudio there. I'm so happy he's in AEW. Getting the opportunity he deserves. I really hope he really gets a big shot in AEW or Ring of Honor. We'll see what happens, but I'm happy he's here. Ortiz invented things for his team and ran wild, and he was breaking everything up. During that break, we seen Moxley hit a power driver on Parker onto Broken Glass. Man, that was crazy. Crazy, man. Every time you're in there with Moxley, you're going to get fucked up. It was nasty. What a brutal uh, glass spot, man. That was insane. Busting him wide open. Upon return, however, Murner entered the match and smashed his opponents with a chair. Moxley was busted wide open as well. Everybody was bleeding, man. Everybody was bleeding in this match. There was an obvious we want tables chant. Santana Blyde. Upon entering the match, in addition to bringing in his own barbed wire baseball bat. You got to have that barbed wire bat, man. So, Santana ran wild, but when he hit an Urnagi on an opponent, he appeared to hurt his leg legit. He hurt his leg. You can hear the gas from the fans. I'm thinking to myself, yo, not again. Another injury. Bruh. Ugh, man. Pro wrestling can't catch a break with these injuries. They can't. So he injured his leg legitimately. Moxie grabbed Squirt and stabbed them in Murray's forehead. But Mori stopped uh, the attack with the low blow. Utah and Garcia prepared each other with stiff slaps. Those stiff slaps, man. Japanese strong style. I love it. I love it. So we've seen those stiff shots. Jericho uh, was his team's final entrant. And he came in with Floyd the Bat. Ortiz immediately took him out with the DDT and choked him with the chair. 
There was essentially a parade of big moves here, colliding move by move. And but Jericho eventually cut him off with a code breaker. This was he cut Claudio, aka Cesaro, and connected with a code breaker. The officials start the match as the match occurred. Kingston entered. He cat. Whoa, excuse me. He casually beat down the Jericho Operation Society with Kendall Stick smacking the shit. Smacking the fuck out of the Jericho Operation Society, man. Eddie Kingston's a gangster. You love it. So after that, we've seen Jericho try to escape the cage but was cornered by Kingston who smashed him repeatedly with the stick. Kingston produced who was appeared to be rubbing alcohol but was cut off before he could even use it. I seen it and I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. But then it got cut off. I love that AWTs is that you guys remember, I don't remember what pay-per-view it was from, but it was from the recent one. Not Forbidden Door, the recent AW alone pay-per-view where Eddie Kingston was about to burn Chris Jericho flames. Y'all remember that the gasoline, the blood on his face, just a maniacal look like about to burn this motherfucker. I forgot the pay-per-view it was, but that was a great tease. Great spot there. We kind of seen something similar here with the alcohol rubbing. It was great. The distraction, crimson mask. Um, and at this point, it was just crazy. Chaotic, like I said. Blackpool Combat Club's team was in control as they powerbombed Hager through a table. Good spot. Santana was still injured at the time. Practically immobile. He couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. Um, it looked like a legit knee injury too. It really looked like a legit injury and I was very concerned. So was everybody else watching in the arena and at home. Really Utah, he's great. Him and Moxie produced multiple bags of thumbtacks as Claudio and Ortiz exposed the ring boards. I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. Here we go. We got thumbtacks. We got cardboard bullshit. And I'm thinking this is going to get ugly. Monkey butt ugly. Right, Jim Ross. So Moxley superplexed Moreau onto the tax, and Parker was practically strung up by the ankles in a nasty spot that was... We've seen some carnage tonight on AEW Dynamite, and I loved it. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club and company were firmly in control ahead of another commercial break. We get off that. Kingston and Jericho were going at it. Kingston got the upper hand, but Jericho took him down with the fire extinguisher. Conti, Ty Conti, took him out and got involved and took out the official, leading to Ruby Soho. Big pop for Ruby Soho. Where's Ruby Soho, Ben? Rampage, dark, elevation. It's all good. We need to get Ruby Soho back on TV on a consistent basis. But we've seen our girl. She came out. Big pop for her. And she was brawling with Ty Conti. Looks like they're going to be feuding. I love it. It makes sense. So Jericho escaped the structure and climbed on the top of it. Kingston pursued him to the top. They fought, leading to Kingston nailing him with the Nuranagi. And then uh, Sammy Guevara climbed up as well, cutting off Kingston's attack on Jericho. They were a little amazed for a while. Jericho, um, he could audibly be heard calling spots. Yes. That's not a negative. I don't have a problem with that. John Cena used to do it. A lot of people used to be yelling spots, but yo, you could hear Jericho legitimately saying this spot, that spot, this spot, that spot. I'm like, damn, man. So continuing on, 
In a pre-stereos and a spectacular moment, crazy spot, Kingston hit Guevara with the low blow and tossed his fucking ass off the top of the structure of blood and guts to a very tables ringside crowd went crazy. It was a nice spot. I was just like, damn. You know, that's pretty much what my reaction was. I wasn't like, oh my God, oh my God. I was pretty much just like, damn, that was crazy. Um, after the final commercial break, Jericho put Kingston in the walls of Jericho at the top of the structure. Claudio climbed up and booted Jericho to break up the submission. He gave Jericho the giant swing, which looked great on the top of the cage and went for the sharpshooter. Shout out to Bret Hart. Shout out to Owen Hart. But Murray climbed up and cut him off. Kingston locked in Jericho in a stretch plum and Claudio applied the sharp, uh, the sharpshooter. Meritor then tapped out, giving the BCB, <laughs> the BBC, excuse me, the W. And that is how the match ended. After the match, Kingston was frustrated because he wanted to tap out Jericho. Great story there. But Claudio won the match before he could. And that's how it ended. Oh, you guys know we're getting this match, right? You guys know we are getting this match. There's no question that we're going to get Claudio and um, what? Eddie Kingston. I'm sorry, Eddie Kingston and Claudio. That's going to be great. They have, you know, a rich history with those two guys. So that's going to be good. I'm trying to think. Fantasy booking. What's going to happen? I think Sammy Guevara should be out for a while after that spot. Sell the injury. Jericho, maybe he should take a break. I'm not sure. Who else should Jericho go one-on-one with? I hope this is over. I hope all these men go their separate ways. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Jericho. And we got Ty Conti. We'll be Soho. They will be feuding against each other. Because if not, then I don't know why they did this. So that should be pretty interesting to see. The Jericho Appreciation Society, it's good. They did its job. You know, you created some stars, sort of, with, um, you know, the dudes that they had on Jericho's squad. And Willie Utah, big superstar, big star for AEW. Santana Ortiz, they need to be in the tag team division. They need to go after the AEW tag team titles. That should be pretty interesting. Overall, solid episode of Dynamite. I enjoyed it. Had a great time. Jade Cargill, Athena, or Chris Statlander. We did not see Thunder Rosa. What's going on with Thunder Rosa, man? I'm not understanding why AEW is not using Thunder Rosa. You know, she's got to be in a feud with somebody. So we'll see what happens with Thunder Rosa. I love her. I'm a big fan of her work. I need to see her on TV a lot more. I really do. Not sure what's going on there. FTR, best in the business. They will undoubtedly be facing the Young Bucks. And that's my prediction. I think they're going to face the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And that should be pretty cool. Pretty exciting there. Everything else, you know, you got Wardlow. Might be going out to the TBS champion or the TNT championship. Excuse me. The TBS championship for the women. Uh, Jade Cargill, again, Athena, or Chris Statlander. That's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. That's pretty much it. Nothing really else to talk about, man. Uh, good week of AEW. Killed it on Sunday with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to get more interaction 
with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I wonder what's going to happen with Will Ospreay and, and um, Jay White. Should be pretty interesting. Other than that, not a lot of things happen on tonight's show outside of the blood and guts. We'll see what happens. Thank you guys for joining me right here on the Wrestling Takeover for your AEW Blood and Guts review and analysis. Again, look out for my Money in the Bank review and analysis for Saturday. Look out for that. Also, I am aiming, all right, I'm getting close to doing an interview on Sunday. I will not spoil the person that I will be interviewing, but he is somewhat a popular YouTuber within the wrestling community. So we'll work that out. You know, and everything else is pretty solid. I'm trying to grind. I'm trying to be consistent as I can. But I do appreciate those who go out and listen to my other previous episodes of the podcast. AEW killed it tonight. Tony Khan kind of wanted to go light tonight. You felt it. And outside of that, nothing really else happened. But listen, man. AEW is doing a great job. They really are. The AEW World Championship situation with John Moxley, who's next. We'll see what happens. And I'll catch you guys next time, man, right here on the Wrestling Takeover. And AEW, they're killing it. They're really killing it. They're doing a good job, man. So I'll catch you guys next time right here on the Wrestling Takeover.